Hey guys, it's Miller. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast of Upper Dallas. Resurrection Sunday is always a blast. At the Upper Room, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We look at Matthew 28. Mary went from hearing the report from an angel to encountering the Lord and becoming the report. She ran to the disciples. And the first gospel message was five words, I have seen the Lord. She encountered the resurrected one. We shared close to a hundred testimonies in both services. Oh, we were wrecked. They were so beautiful, what God has done in the lives of his people. I pray that you are encouraged by this message and that you too can declare, I have seen the Lord this Resurrection Sunday. God bless you. I want to give a I want to give a call. Can y'all? I would love just to encourage y'all really quickly. I feel like it's a word, and I don't know how it's going to come out. But um, one of the threads the Lord showed me in Scripture: uh, God is a God of covenant. Uh, covenant is simply agreement, and God backs His covenant. He's not like us. <laughs> God doesn't break His word. Uh, when God makes a covenant, it is thorough. It is sound, and uh, it says <clears throat> there's a covenant of redemption that's foundational to our faith. And it's a covenant that God made with God. It was before he created anything. God the Father was in covenant with God the Son. God the Son was in covenant with God the Spirit. The three of them were in unison. And they were committed to a plan that they would redeem you and I. That's why, have you ever heard the scripture before the foundations of the world, the lamb who was slain? You ever heard that? He chose you before the foundations of the world. It was a covenant that God the Father made with God the Son, God the Spirit. And from that covenant, God took a deep breath. And he said, let there be. But from covenant came creation. And this thread, it's from Genesis 1.1. The creator created from covenant. You need to see this. You can fast forward, and, and I'm just going to show you. It's, it's throughout the Bible. Uh, but there was another covenant that God made. God made covenant with Noah. Remember, he flooded the earth. He, got just, he wasn't going to strive with man anymore. And so he put Noah in the ark, his family. He floods the earth. He starts over. Noah comes out of the ark. What does God do? He makes covenant with Noah and he makes covenant with us. What was the covenant? It wasn't the rainbow. The covenant is that he would never flood the earth again. That was the agreement. God said, I will never do this again. And so what does he do from the place of covenant? He creates. What does he create? A beautiful rainbow. From covenant comes creativity. God makes covenant. God makes covenant with uh, the Exodus story. They come 
through the Red Sea, they're in the wilderness. He brought them to the mountain to worship. But a part of them worshiping is God made covenant with them. He made covenant by giving them the 10 commandments. He said, I will, you will be my people. I will be your God. And here's a covenant written on stone that if you adhere to these laws, we will be in covenant together. And then do you know what he does? In Exodus chapter 36, he finds Bezalel. Bezalel's the first man in the Bible to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Bezalel was filled with the Spirit to express the covenant and create the tabernacle. The tabernacle would hold God, covenant, people, God dwelling with people, but Bezalel was filled with the Holy Ghost to express covenant. Again, covenant leads to creativity, creation. I could look at David and show you that. I'll, I'll show you how it happens in the natural. Show it how, how it happens in the natural. Um, I just married, who did I just marry? Joe Awesome. Okay, I've done like 40 plus weddings at the upper room. We've done a lot of weddings. A lot of people get married. If you're single, you're in the right place, all right? Uh, but here's what happens is I stand up and, and you, got a, you got a boy, you got a girl, they come and they make covenant with one another and they make covenant with the Lord. Do they not? That's what marriage is. It's two people saying I do to one another. The Lord's saying I do to them. And then we celebrate, we party, but then they go behind closed doors and from covenant, they pro what? Create. From covenant, we created. From covenant, most of you were created. <laughs> What's my point? From covenant comes creativity. So listen, we're celebrating Easter. Jesus shed his blood and is the blood of what? The covenant. It's a new covenant. The law, the old is gone. The new is here. The new is found in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so we're about to take communion and we're going to drink the blood of the covenant. But from covenant, guess what you and I are? We are new, Creation. new, Creation. we are called to express the covenant that we're now in because we're secure, we're sound, we're free. A part of covenant, it produces a freedom. And here's why I love what these guys just did, is these guys just expressed in creativity the covenant that he has made with us through his son. That burn that you felt in your heart, that thing that you felt in your heart, it was God expressing himself creativity creatively the covenant that he has made with us as his people. And here's what I want to just speak to. I want to speak to creatives in the room because religion, religion does not embrace creativity. The more religious something is, the more stale, stoic and sterile it is, the less freedom you find. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's freedom and there's freedom for you to be a new creation. And there are so many artists, dancers, painters, which we don't have one tonight, but we typically got a painter right there. So imagine a painter. We got singers, we got musicians, we've got poets, we've got wordsmiths, we've got writers, we've got a tattoo artist in the house that comes to the prayer room and he designs tattoos. I'll preach on that later. <laughs> what is my point? My point is this, 
Guys, it's for freedom that Christ set you free to dance your dance, to sing your song, to rap your rap, <laughs> to do the thing that you were designed to do. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And I just want to, again, I believe it is because of covenant that God has brought forth Zion Dance Project. And I believe it is a mission field that you guys are invading. And we, as your spiritual family, we say yes and amen. And I just honor you, Vincent and Abigail. I honor you. I honor the, the time and energy and effort that you've put to creating this offering for the Lord. I just saw, as y'all were dancing, I saw angels dancing with you. I saw heavenly hosts in the room. I saw the veil between heaven and earth. It's so thin because I believe there are wild, creative expressions happening before the throne and we have yet to see them on the earth, but there are forerunners like you guys paving the way. And I just know that this, this calling was, it's not easy. This is years of discovery, years of conviction, years of being in empty rooms, dancing and sweating and just doing all the things that y'all do. And so as a pastor, as a spiritual leader of the body of Christ, I just want to thank you and declare that you're forerunners. And we love you. We, we love that, you know, one of the beautiful things one of the beautiful things that came out of COVID is that we kind of blocked this because this used to be a, just like kind of a mosh pit, but we never opened it up. And the reason we never opened it up just because it's so beautiful what is expressed up here prophetically. And I get delivered every time I see them dancing. And so do you. Yes. Amen. Yes. So let's just, can we stand one more time and thank these guys? We love y'all. Covenant Creativity. Zion Dance Project. Thank you guys. We love you. Hey, how can they, if, if there's aspiring dancers in here, if there's people that, you guys are a company, but how can people connect to Zion Dance yes. Project? Yes, ZionDanceProject.org, www.ZionDanceProject.org, or, or the, go to the website. Um, for Instagram, that's probably one of the best ways. Just go to Zion Dance Project on Instagram and email us at ZionDanceProject.gmail. Amen. We love you guys. We love Thank you guys. Beautiful. Do I need... Come on. J. Lou, I think you need to join the dance project, bro. I see you. I see it, man. Me and you both. Bro, I think we could do it. <laughs> we had to do like a reality show, making the pastors into dancers. It's like, we got our work cut out though. Um, well, welcome to the upper room. Uh, it's uh, Easter Sunday. We call it Resurrection Sunday. Um, Jesus is risen. He's alive. So we, uh, we celebrate that every day of our lives, but uh, we... Historically, this is the weekend, um, and so it's a significant day. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we're going to take communion, so if you would, grab your uh, relics. Um, as you're grabbing them, I want to give you two special announcements. 
Uh, the first announcement is we get in a new building. And I know, man. Good gosh, for you guys that waited outside for like 45 minutes, thank you. Maybe it was longer than that. I, I got here. I got here at nine this morning and there was a line a couple of suites out starting around 8.45. It's just been crazy today. So thank you for your grace towards us. Uh, we are quickly trying to get this building ready. I wanna keep you posted though on uh, what is happening with the building. And we have a new way to communicate to you. So if you would get out your cell phones and I want you to text this number what you do is you text this number and we will return a text to you once you register and it will be a contact from Upper Room. So you can save Upper Room's phone number and we're gonna text you information specifically about the building. And so text this word, text building to this number. And uh, I am aware the software is a little unique, especially um, it, it, it's, it's not our platform. We didn't design the platform, it's someone else's platform. But it's a great platform that we can stay in communication to you. So please don't text us about the, the platform. We got a disclaimer about the platform. I'm just telling you, I got a lot of texts and emails today about the platform. It's a good platform because we're gonna communicate with you. You may know what I'm talking about in just a second, but fill out your information and then uh, you'll receive a contact from us, but we are going to regularly be able to text you. We're gonna text you a video this week of the building. You're gonna be the first to know when renderings are done. We're gonna text you when large offerings are given. We're gonna keep you up to speed on how much is being given because some of you in here are gonna give some money to this new building in the name of Jesus and it's gonna be amazing. Remember last week I said, hey, I think there's someone in here that may possibly have some money and here's my name and email. I had a brother come up to me, which is good news because God's gonna fund this building and so... Um, there's lots of people that are already giving, continuing to give, but text this number and we're going to keep you uh, informed. Uh, we have 60 days to close. Just again, if you want to know a quick update about the building, we have 60 days to close uh, on this building. It looks like we can do that. We need to raise $5 million though in the next 60 days. After that, we need to raise an additional 10. So it's a $15 million project in all, which is nothing to my Jesus. And uh, we've been full for a long time. We have turned people away uh, on the regular and um, we're not gonna do that anymore. Uh, he's making room for his people. Uh, there is a move of God coming to Dallas through many communities. Upper Room is one of them. But we really feel called to tether ourselves to the urban downtown area of Dallas. And this is that. This is more urban than even this place. It's more accessible than this place. It's just as south side of Lamar. If you've ever been down there, it's in that neck of the woods, uh, about 60,000 square feet. And it is, my mom went to see it and she was like, only upper room would turn that building into a church. I'm like, yeah, we're going to turn it into a church. <laughs> it's going to be an awesome church. So, uh, and then the next announcement, one last thing on May 14th, uh, we are hosting um, a night of worship. We're going to have a blowout similar to what we did with uh, the New Year's Eve night. It's going to be uh, up in Frisco, a church that seats, I think it's like three, 4,000 people. So we are going to have a big blowout. We're inviting our online community to come. And then on May 15th, which is Saturday, me and Larissa are going to be hosting a one-day forum for equipping uh, for presence-based leadership. So if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, if you're a future pastor, future leader, we want to talk shop, just kind of what makes us us. We really feel called to pour into leaders in this season. Guys like Corey Russell, Peter Lewis, other voices, Jay Lou is going to throw in. Uh, we'll just have our leadership there. So you can register at upperroom.co 
and then look for one night Frisco, one night Frisco. Got it, got it, good, good. Open your Bibles, Matthew 28. <clears throat> I'm actually gonna have you preach the sermon tonight, uh, Easter and Christmas. Uh, we do, in a creative way, uh, testimonies. This morning we had about 50 to 60 of them, and it was amazing what Jesus has done in the lives of those that call Upper Room home. It just really is. And so these are not pre-planned testimonies. Uh, you're going to hear what Jesus has done in the lives of people that attend the upper room. Whether you know it or not, Jesus is on the move. And the thing about a testimony is you can't deny a testimony. We can, we can argue theology. We can argue various facets of the faith. You ain't going to argue someone's testimony. The blind man in John 9, they had a lot of questions for him, the religious community. His one response is, I don't know the answers to these questions. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> and we need more Christians that aren't filling their gun <laughs> and shooting a bunch of bullets to win arguments online. We need believers to just go, I don't know. I was blind, but now I see. I was deaf, but now I hear. I was lame, but now I walk. I was dead, but now I'm alive. You can't argue my testimony. You can't argue my senior year in college. I was a mess and that my life has never been the same since the Lord walked into that room, spoke my name into my heart. My life was changed. And many of you have those similar stories and we want to hear them tonight. I want to hear them so that they provoke faith because there's people in here that are at a crossroads and you have a decision to make. What are you going to do in your weakness? What are you going to do? Are you going to keep flexing your way through life? Are you going to keep insulating the pain and hurt? <laughs> what are you going to do? I see a crossroads. And tonight, I believe in this room, there's many that are going to bow their knee and not only make Jesus Savior, but Jesus is Lord. It only works if he's Lord as well. He will save you over and over and over again. But there is something about declaring and living out the lordship of Jesus. He's Savior and Lord. And so tonight he's going to do business with people in this room. We want him to do business with you. We want to confront you with eternal realities. Heaven and hell are real. They're real today, and they're real in eternity. Hell is not just a place people go to when they die. They don't know Jesus. Hell is something people experience without him, period. You cannot have a life outside of Jesus. He's the source of life, and he came to give us life. And praise God that he did give us life. His work is sufficient and we're going to celebrate that. So if you're a believer in Jesus, I invite you to the table. If you're not a believer in Jesus, I encourage you just to 
witness what we're about to do. Because this is a meal that Jesus invites us to where we participate in these relics. They're symbolic until we pray. And when we pray, I believe we're actually ingesting the body and the blood of Jesus. Now the body, let's talk about the body. This is the flesh that was torn. Um, There's a lot of purposes for the body. Uh, The Bible says that this body makes us one as a body. Uh, The Bible also tells us that um, that by his stripes, we have been what? Made whole, made healed. So this is for physical healing, I believe. <clears throat> but to me tonight, it represents uh, the flesh of God. God became flesh. He walked the earth. God tabernacled among us. And uh, Easter is a remembrance that uh, nails pierced his skin, that a cat of nine tails scourged his back that his body was uh, broken and torn. And it was symbolic of the veil in the temple being torn. When his body was broken open, it gave us access to the Father. And so can everyone say, thank you, Jesus, for your body? We receive your body tonight with thanksgiving. This is true food for my soul. It's the bread of life. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Can we hold up our cup? Can we just say cheers to Jesus? Jesus, I'm thinking of the scripture in It says, I've eagerly desired to eat this meal with you. I will not eat it again until I return in my kingdom. And so can we just hold this up and say, Jesus, one day we will drink this cup with you because of what's in this cup. We can confidently and boldly come before the Father because the blood draws us near. This blood is valid in the eyes of the Father. This blood makes you right with the Lord, no matter what you did last night. If you put your faith in this blood, your life can be changed. There's power in this blood. There's not power in anything that you've done. There is power in what he has done on your behalf. And this blood is the most powerful substance to ever touch the face of the earth. Represents the life of God. The life of a being is found in the blood of a being. Your life is found in your blood. Jesus's life is found in his blood. And so we say, thank you, Lord, for your blood. And I break off every demonic, foul, nasty spirit in this room in the name of Jesus. I serve you notice and I say, leave. Tormenting spirits, leave. Voices of accusation, leave. Any spirit of death and suicide, leave, because I am holding the blood of my God, and it is his life. So we sever any and all generational curses. There is power in your bloodline, Jesus. So we say cheers and thank you. Amen and amen. Receive the blood.
we can go home now. Jeez. Wait, there's more. Matthew 28. I'm going to set up tonight's testimonies, just a little five-minute uh, five walkthrough of Matthew 28. It's the resurrection narrative. It's Sunday morning. Last night, middle of the night, I kind of live out in the country. It was about five, six in the morning, and I don't know who it was. I thought someone was shooting a gun in my backyard, but I woke up to the sound of what were seemingly gunshots. My three-year-old is on top of me sleeping, and so I roll him off, I spring up, and I look out the window, and there are red fireworks. One of my crazy neighbors is blasting fireworks at six in the morning. Still dark outside. But I felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. While many were sleeping that Sunday morning in the spirit. <laughs> Red fireworks went off. Because the next morning, these women walked up to the tomb and Jesus was no longer there. I don't know why I shared that with you, but that was my night last night. I felt like the Lord was saying, mighty things happen in the darkness. Now after the Sabbath day, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled the stone and set upon it. His appearance, this angel's, was like lightning. His clothing were white as snow. The guards there with the Marys shook with fear and became like dead men. The angel said then to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report to his disciples. Stop there. An angel's a messenger. It's one sent by God to accomplish a mission, to deliver a message. This angel had a message. The message was tell the Marys, that Jesus is no longer in the grave. Tell the Marys to come inside the tomb to look at where he laid, and they will see that he is no longer there, and then send them from the tomb to the disciples. They are to tell the disciples what they had seen, that Jesus had risen from the dead. And they were also to say, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And then the angel says this, behold, I have told you. Behold, I have told you. It's as if he's saying that because he had accomplished his mission. He had some boxes he needed to check. I found Mary. We rolled the stone away. I invited them into the tomb. I told them to go to the disciples. 
I told them to tell the disciples that Jesus will meet them in Galilee. So go, I've done my part, you do yours. The angel wasn't doing this because he wanted to. The angel's doing this because he had to. He's a servant of the most high. He was sent with a message for these women on Sabbath day. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because I think Jesus interrupted the plan. Because verse, verse eight, look at this. Verse eight says that the women left the tomb kind of confused, kind of perplexed, a little fearful, but also they had joy because of what they had seen and they were running with the report. What was the report? The report was what they had heard from the angels. This was sufficient for the gospel to go forth. This was sufficient for the disciples. It was sufficient for the Marys. It was sufficient from the father to the angels. The plan has been activated. The women have the report. They're running with the report. They're going to talk to the disciples. But verse nine happens. And verse nine, I think is very interesting. The reason I think it's interesting because I think this Again, this is Michael's interpretation of the moment. But I think Jesus interrupted the plan. <laughs> because I think Jesus wanted Mary and Mary to actually see him. And so they're running with the report and Jesus intercepts them. He meets them and he greeted them. My Bible has a little asterisk, a little footnote next to the word greeted them. And it says this, it says, instead of greeted them, it says, and behold, Jesus met them saying hello. My Bible says that it says, Jesus met them and said, hello. Now, I don't know if you know what the word hello means, but hello, defined by Webster, is the first word to begin a conversation. <laughs> if I call you and you see it's me, you're going to say, hello. <laughs> Why? Because we're about to have a conversation. We're about to have a dialogue. And I think it's interesting that the women had the report, they had the facts, they had what they needed, but Jesus intercepts them face to face. Hello. <laughs> What's my point? Your religious facts aren't the point. The religious boxes aren't the point. What's the point? Hello, I'm alive. Jesus began a conversation with Mary and the Mary. Then he would begin a conversation with the disciples and with more disciples. It says that he revealed himself to over 500 people. What did he say? Hello. I was once dead, but now I'm alive. 
Hello. This has significant ramifications for you. When I come and I, Jesus, see you and I say, hello, I want to begin a conversation with you. And that conversation changes everything because Mary didn't go and initially report all the things the angel told her to report. Flip over to John 20 real quick. In John 20, Jesus sends her forth in 17. Stop clinging to me because they bow, they cling to her, to him. Said, I've been sending to the Father, go to my brethren, say to them, I send to the Father, your Father, my God, your God. And Mary Magdalene, verse 18. This is such a powerful moment. Mary Magdalene, in John 20, verse 18, Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples all that the angel had told her. That's not what she did. Mary came to the disciples and gave them the report and the checklist. That's not what she did. Do you know what Mary did? She broke open the doors and the gospel is preached for the first time by a woman It was entrusted to a woman. She comes carrying the message. She breaks in and it's five words. I have seen the Lord. I've seen him. She went from carrying a report to being the report. She went from hearing about a report to testifying of the report that encountered her. This is the gospel. The gospel is more than a historical reality, albeit Jesus Christ was crucified. He was buried and he was resurrected, but that has significant ramifications for you tonight. Because the one that Mary has seen, many of you have seen as well. And we have seen him in our weakness. We have seen him in our brokenness. We have seen him in our bondage. We have seen him in the, the hellacious things that have happened to us, that have been done to us, and that we've done to others. But Jesus breaks in with that word and he says, hello. And I believe tonight Jesus wants to look at some of you in the eyes and he just wants to say hello. He wants you to know that he sees what you see. He knows where you're at and he will meet you in that spot. Look at this. It wasn't even enough. This is how eager, jealous, how eager Jesus is not only to meet Mary, but after Mary comes in and she gives the most five precious words, I've seen the Lord. Look at this in verse 19, 20 verse 19. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were after hearing, I had seen the Lord from Mary for fear of the Jews. They were afraid they were going to get killed. Look at what Jesus does. Jesus came and stood in their midst. Hello. I know you had heard that Mary had seen me. He walked through their walls. Hello. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. This was 
the mission of the early church was to testify to the risen Lord that they had seen. They weren't in synagogues arguing theology. They were in synagogues possessed with a reality that the one the Jews crucified, conquered death. He ascended to the Father. He was at the right hand and he had poured out their, his spirit upon them to testify to the reality that Jesus was risen. Our lives are to be no different. But my question tonight is, have you seen him? My question tonight is, do you actually know him? Do you have a report or have you just heard one? Have you seen spiritual phenomenons like earthquakes and good music and dances and cute services, but your life is not measuring up to the report? We're to become the report. And in Dallas, Texas, it's real easy to just know about the report, but not actually be the report. We heard this morning, testimony after testimony, life after life of individual this year who's encountered the Lord. Men that had been in prisons, former gang leaders, People that had suffered miscarriages, divorces, the loss of loved ones, all standing up declaring, Jesus said hello to me in my pain, in my weakness. I just, again, little upper room. I don't want us to play church. I don't want us to check the Easter box off. I want us to be confronted on a heart level with the realities that we're singing about and celebrating. I don't want our hearts to grow cold to it. And so tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you. We're going to do it for about 25 minutes. I'm going to cut it off and tell you when, because I have a feeling. A lot of you have heard Jesus say, hello. But we're going to hear what Jesus has done in the hearts of those in this room. And I'm going to do it this way. There's a slide behind me. And I want you to get out your phone. And you can write this, uh, whether you come up and testify publicly or not, I want you to write it. If you have nothing to write, then you need to listen and you need to listen intently to those who have written something out. And we're going to testify through the writings behind me and you're going to come up and you're going to say, I've seen the risen Lord. It is true that he is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my, and I want you to define your sin and darkness whatever that was. And I have seen him, what his resurrection power has done for you through sin and through darkness. So my testimony, I, I wrote one out. I was going to write one out tonight, but I don't have a sheet in front of me. My testimony this morning was hello or hello. <laughs> I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that he is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my relationship with my wife before we were married. I called our wedding off the day before. And the Lord revealed to me in my fear of commitment, my self-centeredness, my wounding emotionally, so many levels. He gave me the courage to pursue Larissa, make covenant with her. He healed her heart. Man, my life's never been the same since I got married. I have a healthy marriage. I have an amazing marriage. 
I got four amazing kids. I wake up and pinch myself at what I almost threw away. God, but Jesus said hello to me. So we're going to have two, uh, two people on these poles. Kara's over here. My girl Nicole's over here. We're going to have two mics up top. They're going to hold the mics. These guys, girls are going to help you share. But if you would just write out your testimony, we're going to hear for the next 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes or so, just testimony after testimony. And here's the deal. If someone shares something that you're in the midst of, it's a prophetic word for you. If Jesus did it for them, why wouldn't he do it for you? So come and have your way in our midst, Lord. Come and honor your son, Jesus, through your people and what you've accomplished on our behalf in the name of Jesus. If you have a testimony, you can come forward and share. He is no longer in the grave, but is risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my pornography addiction, my empty heart. He said hello to me when I brought my girlfriend to Dallas, but broke up with her a month later. I've seen him completely restore my innocence that I lost when I was eight years old. I have peace of mind from my sexual addiction. I have seen him deliver me from the shame of my past. Thank you, Jesus. So he said hello to me in my pain um, when I was 12 years old. My father began to sexually abuse me from the age of 12 to 18. And um, after I got out of my house, um, I was going through a bunch of tor- turmoil, but Jesus, Jesus healed me. Um, 
and I have seen him also through my marriage with my husband. Um, we got married last month, and, <laughs> and um, he's walked with us even through pain and turmoil. He's been with us, and um, I really wanted to get up here because this is one of the first times, or like the second time, I share my testimony that Jesus is good and Jesus is is Lord. So. Thank you. I have seen the risen Lord. It is true that he is no longer in the grave, but he has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my disillusionment and heartache. And I have seen him conquer my fear of the future and reveal himself as the author of my story. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord, and it's true that He's no longer in the grave, but is risen from the dead. He said hello to me, though I abandoned Him. I actually heard Him say, welcome home, son, I missed you, and rescued me from a faith on life support from 20 years of striving for approval through, uh, through work and from daily numbing the stress with alcohol medicating my broken marriage with things I ought not look at. And He saved and is saving my two children. And He has healed my lifelong loneliness and let me be an active part of His beautiful kingdom. Come Thank on, you, bud. Jesus. Yes. I have seen the Lord. It's true that He is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my church hurt, depression, orphan spirit, and pornography addiction. And I have seen Him bring me joy, everlasting freedom from pornography, and a community that loves me, and freedom to sing again. I have seen the Lord. He said hello to me in my abuse and fear of failure, and I have seen Him wipe failure off of my head and wipe me clean of all of the residue of being abused. And then He brought me into family. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that He's no longer in the grave, but He has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my grief when I didn't think I could get over the death of my wife. When I came to a prayer, prayer, prayer session on Tuesday, I sat there and let it go, and it finally went. This place has changed my life. I've looked for you all my life, and I'm glad I found you. Thank you, Jesus. I've seen the Lord, it's true. He's no longer in the grave, but He has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my sin and pain. Through my wife and I having a miscarriage and being separated later last year, setting me free from addiction and shame, setting Himself rightly as first in relationship with me and teaching me true intimacy. I've seen Him when I had a vision of my daughter Symphony running in heaven and Jesus picking her up. He said when she sings, the angels stop and listen. Thank you, Jesus. My name is Kimberly. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that 
he is no longer in the grave, but that he has risen from the dead. For he said hello to me in my pain and my suffering and my doubt and unbelief. Um, the struggle, I have a daughter who has been addicted to heroin and other drugs for years. And that has really tried to destroy my relationship with her and with obviously with our family. And I've gone through physical bouts and, and illness and infirmity, but the Lord has been with me and healed my body and He's reconciling my relationship with my daughter and He's delivering her. And I, I just wanted to praise the Lord because I would be, it would be foolish for me to receive all that He has given to me and not to testify of His faithfulness to me. So I wanted to say thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It is true that He is no longer in the grave, but He is risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my shame from giving birth to two children before the age of 14. He said hello to me in my seven-year lifestyle of street prostitution that started when I was 13. I have seen Him deliver me from shame and guilt. In His loving kindness, He healed my body. He lifted my head from being hung low and put a new dance in my feet and a new song in my mouth and a new praise in my body. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that He is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my depression and suicidal thoughts because of atheism, alcoholism, drug addiction, and closet bisexuality. And I have seen him absolutely destroy the darkness within from deep soul wounding and fatherlessness. He's become a friend, a comforter, and a father to me and given me clean hands, a pure heart, and a family that spans the earth. Thank you, Jesus. seen the Lord, it is true. He is no longer in the grave, but he's risen from the dead. He said, he said hello to me when I was struggling to follow him. And he said to me, are you struggling? Or are you believing me? And he gave me a revelation of baptism. And he said in baptism, I actually destroyed the old man. So the new man could resurrect in Christ. And it was right around Thanksgiving time. And he said to me, start reading Romans 6 as a prayer of thanksgiving. Start thanking me for everything I did until you believe it. So I said, I need to go and get rebaptized because when I was baptized the first time, I thought it was just a ritual to say, I believe in Jesus. And he said, no, actually a miracle took place. So I went and I got, I got rebaptized. And when I came home that day, I'd been living in the same house for seven years. I never saw a grasshopper in my property. I opened the back door after baptism there was a dead grasshopper right beyond the door. And the father said to me, I destroyed that grasshopper in baptism and that grasshopper mentality. And he said, I've raised up a new man in Jesus Christ. I, I have seen the risen Lord. It is true that he is no longer in the grave, but he has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my addiction, my sexual perversion, my dark thoughts. I went through a really hard breakup and he said to me, he said hello to me in my 
and in a, he just showed me that I was never alone. He just gave me wisdom. He gave me strength to keep fighting on. When I had suicidal thoughts, he told me that he had a purpose for me, that that I had so much love to give and that, I, and that he was with me so that I had nothing to fear and that he was going to just to have faith in him until he looked me in the eyes and just told me, have faith, keep walking, son, and I'm, I'm going to take you where you have to be. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that he is no longer in the grave, but he has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my depression, suicidal thoughts, or suicidal attempts and anxiety, and I have seen him help me live through each suicide attempt and bring me out of depression and anxiety. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that he is no longer in the grave, but is risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my jail cell of unforgiveness, which caused me to debilitating panic attacks and depression. And I've seen him look me in the eyes and unlock my cage putting freedom in my heart to forgive betrayal and put mercy in my heart which has set me free to leave the past behind and to step forward into the future with him I am free make no doubt about it I am free thank you Jesus I have seen the risen Lord it is true that he is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my abusive relationship that I was stuck in and delivered me from sexual immorality, porn addiction, impure thoughts, and I have seen him take me out of the relationship and into safety. Give me hope for my future marriage. Change my view of men and surrounding me around people that love me like he does. Thank you, Jesus. On March 4th of 2019, the Lord spoke to me and he said, that in the year of 2020, I was going to experience difficulty. I was going to experience hardship, but he was gonna to reveal to me that he was not only a provider, but also a conqueror. He was gonna to reveal to me his goodness in the land of the living. In July of 2020, uh, my wife told me that she was not in love with me and had never loved me and divorced me in the year of 2020. But through it all, the thing that he spoke to me about was the thing that I stood upon that entire year. And that is what I had continued to eat of. And that is what sustained me that entire time. I had seen the Lord. I continued to see the Lord. And I will see the Lord one day in heaven as well. And he will look me in the eyes and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. He is good. He is lovely. 
and He continues to show His goodness to me day by day. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that He is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my homosexuality, depression, addiction to porn, sexual immorality, anger at my parents' marriage, and fear of marriage of my own, and self-condemnation. I have seen him make me his daughter, set me free from sexual addiction, give me my purity back, give me hope for a godly marriage, and give me a hope for my future. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that he is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me when I was bounded with generational curse and decided to be a careless person. I have seen him delivering me from bondages. He brought light in my life and keeps on bringing me from glory to glory. Thank you, Jesus. that he is no longer in the grace, but he has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my extremist scoliosis at 14, physical deformation, and I have seen him through complete healing in only five minutes and not need to live a life in a wheelchair ever. Thank you, Jesus. risen Lord and it's true that he's no longer in the grave but has risen from the dead he said hello to me in the middle of trauma abandonment panic attacks and sleepless nights and loneliness and I have seen him in my comfort and compassion and companionship and joy I've seen him from sweet sleep and peace with no panic attacks even after trauma the risen Lord it's true that he no longer is in the grave but he's risen from the dead and he said hello to me when I was a toddler lonely and scared in my room expecting the next demonic attack and he said hello to me in my anger in my depression and my self-hatred after molestation at eight and I have seen him be my refuge and my protector and my lover and my best friend. <laughs> he taught me everything I now know and I am free to fly with him every day. For my whole life, I have never known a day without his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, for time's sake, we'll get the rest of these that are in line and but nobody else come up, we'll get through these.
seen the risen Lord, it's true that he is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my victim mentality from losing my father at a young age, uh, my bitterness, uh, my sexual sin, porn addiction, alcohol abuse, um, and he showed me what it is to be his son. I've seen him bring me real freedom from my sin, a real peace of mind and trust in his life in me, and uh, he's given me a strong joy that only can come from him. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the Lord. It is true that he is no longer in the grave, but he's risen from the dead. He said hello to me. Anxiety, my fear of being alone, sexual brokenness, sexual confusion. And I have seen him be loved to me, give me a best friend, Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank you.
defines my desires, my dreams, my wants, my needs. He's changed my family. He's changed how I see life. And He's defined my life. Thank you, Jesus. I've seen the risen Lord. It's true that He's no longer in the grave, but is risen from the dead. He said hello to me and my fear of man, my religious mindset, and my autoimmune disease. And I've seen Him heal my body, free me from fear, and release my voice and expression. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It is true that He is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my molestation at eight. Years of addiction to porn, blaming myself for my parents' divorce, almost turning away from him after my ex-wife had an affair with my co-pastor, fear of being alone from my divorce, and under a Christianity that left me alone, hopeless and stuck in my sin. And I have seen him. I've seen him heal the shame and guilt of believing it was my fault that I was molested. I've seen him fill the hole of abandonment. Huh. Wow. I've seen him help me be set free from anger and depression from the divorce. And he's given me a new vision to run the race wild and free. Wild and free. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It is true that he is no longer in the grave, but is risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my depression. When the enemy told me I didn't belong, that I wasn't worth it. When everyone told me uh, that I wasn't worth it, when I was misunderstood, he said to me, I know you fully, and I love you fully, and you're worth it to me. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that he is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my shame, my childhood sexual abuse from the years 9 to 11, thinking that I had to be a lesbian because of the dirtiness that I, what I went through, relying on everything, every practice of what was killing me in my spirit, suicide attempts. And I have seen him heal me from a spirit of fatherlessness, give me a heart for marriage and a family that I will have supportive community that walks with me in liberty in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that he is no longer in the grave, but has risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my absolute and utter emptiness at rock bottom, and I have seen him fill 
fill the void within my soul. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen the risen Lord. It's true that he is no longer in the grave, but it's risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my depression, religious wounds, my satanic beliefs, and I have seen him restore my soul, my joy, my relationships, and my faith. Thank you, Jesus. chill out and you just talk to him. He is I love Jesus. I have seen the Lord. It's true that he is no longer in the grave, but he is risen from the dead. He said hello to me in my pain, confusion, and loneliness. And I have seen, seen him bring healing, peace, and wholeness I didn't think was possible. Thank you, Jesus. First, I want to thank everyone that shared. Those are pearls. And we value every word that was shared. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your transparency. Come down to the front right now.